With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 15. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll break down some stellar pitching from Sunday's slate and prepare for the week ahead. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three cold brews yet. It works great in a fantasy. Three. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Monday, July 5th, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. With me here to kick off yet another week is Michael Beller. And uh, Michael, uh, we got a lot of uh, prominent players with some health issues. We'll cover a lot of that later on in the show as we take a look ahead at the the week coming up. But uh, we'll start here with Anthony Rendon leaving the Angels game on Sunday with hamstring tightness. Joe Madden says that Rendon will likely sit on Monday against the Red Sox. So in a little preview of, uh, you know, working out our, our start-sit dilemmas, uh, what, what do we do with Rendon? Yeah, the fact that they're already saying he's going to sit Monday would make me a little bit more inclined to sit him down than I usually am when we're talking about a player with his caliber. But as I always say for any of these uh, discussions, I would never start someone just to have a body in there. I would never sit Rendon, a player like Rendon, just to have a body in there. If I had like Abraham Toro to play in his place, I would. So I would go that far, but don't just sit him because it looks like maybe he won't play a bunch this week. All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, Carlos Martinez, he left his start for the Cardinals in Colorado with a bruised thumb. A uh, couple of IL placements over the weekend, uh, some some big ones. Uh, Zach Gallen and Kyle Schwarber both going on the injured list with uh, hamstring strains. So very unwelcome news there. A couple of activations, though. Andrew Benintendi and Nico Horner returning to their respective teams on Sunday. Uh, Blake Snell, also activated by the Padres, goes out, tosses four scoreless innings in Philadelphia, but also walked four. So it was one of those games where if you did happen to start him, you you got some stats maybe you could use, but the overall uh, indicators didn't really look great. No, they didn't, and those walks are just really, really an issue for him and going to keep him from uh, maybe ever being the guy that he was back in his Ray days. All right, and an- another uh, Padres note here, C.J. Abrams, uh, one of the Padres' top prospects, uh, in fact, one of the top prospects in all of the, the minor leagues, uh, he is now out for the season with a fractured tibia and sprained MCL, so was playing at the AA level, uh, but that's obviously going to slow his uh, progress towards the majors. And, Michael, let's take a look at a couple of closer situations. We've talked about the Yankees recently in a role as Chapman. That one's not really getting any better. Chapman blew a save and took the loss in the first game of the Yankees-Mets doubleheader on Sunday. Now, in his last nine appearances combined, Chapman's just recorded only four outs and given up a total of nine runs. 
what do we do in this situation? I mean, I think at a minimum, maybe we, it's, it's strange to think, but I think maybe we do sit Chapman, but is there anything else to do here? I mean, maybe there's something to do in the short term. I, I like this is such a hard one to explain. Um, we have seen it from him before, and we've seen the Yankees take him out of the closer's role for a, you know a, a week or two, let him get things right, let him get out of it for a second. So maybe they do that, and we see someone like Chad Green saving games. So maybe if you're like really speculating on saves and thinking that could happen, I could see chasing Chad Green for a week or two. Uh, but other than that, it's just it's a situation you have to let play out. The Yankees have to let play out and just you know really typifies how ugly things have gotten for that team here in the middle of the summer all right and we'll just take a look at one other situation I'm not even sure it's really a situation but Yumi Garcia blowing uh, a save opportunity in pretty dramatic fashion in Atlanta had a, a four-run lead uh, that he let evaporate well it's actually uh, not a, a save situation but uh, Garcia's not been, I mean, he's not been, I wouldn't say reliable, but he's also, it's not a Chapman type situation where it's like, this is, you know, one after another, after another. So anything that we should be thinking of doing in this situation? I don't think so. And as I've said a, f- a few times before, like the Marlins need to be showing off their wares going into the trade deadline. And Yimi Garcia is definitely one of those guys who you could very easily see being shipped out and playing his baseball elsewhere for the remainder of the season. So I don't think that they're going to make any change here. An ugly, ugly performance against Atlanta, but he's still this team's closer. All right. Well, uh, let's go back to the Yankees as we talk about Sunday standouts and start with a a standout that uh, is the kind that kind of has people worried. Uh, So Garrett Cole named to the American League All-Star team along with Chapman, but neither one has performed well, uh, certainly not like an All-Star recently in this game uh, against the Mets. Cole going just three and a third, giving up uh, four runs on six hits and three walks. Did get six strikeouts. The strikeouts have continued to be there for Cole, but a lot of long balls. He's given up nine of them over 31 innings in the month of, uh, well, actually since, I'm sorry, during the month of June, he gave up nine in 31 innings and those troubles just continuing. A lot of people speculating about the spin rate and sticky stuff and all that. It's an easy place to go because uh, prior to the end of May, Cole averaged 2,500 RPMs or more in every single one of his starts on his fastball in terms of spin rate. Hasn't been approaching that uh, lately, and uh, several of his starts have actually been quite a bit lower than that. So is that an explanation for you? Is there a reason for concern uh, or just a, you know, a bump in the road? I think there has to be reason for concern. I'm not going to go so far as to say that the spin rate drop is an explanation just because I'm, I'm not a physicist and I'm not going to pretend that I can say that a 100, 110 RPM drop is going to equate to this, that, or the other. But it's obviously a change, and he has not been uh, pitching anywhere near Garrett Cole level for a month or so. So I do think that there's cause for concern here. I would just tie it more to the fact that this has been a while now. We're not just talking about a bad start here, a bad start there. We're not even talking about a bad start here and a bad start there with a couple of vintage Garrett Cole starts mixed in. He's had a couple of good starts, but we haven't really seen Garrett Cole name and lights since like the end of May. And so that's where I would be concerned personally. All right. Uh, let's. Go a little bit more positive here. Some very good pitching performances from Sunday. A couple of them in the same game. James Caprillion and Nick Pavetta, uh, Red Sox Athletics. Uh, Caprillion going seven deep, giving up one run on five hits and a walk. Ten strikeouts for him. Nick Pavetta says, oh yeah, I'll give you ten strikeouts in seven innings as well. And not give up any runs. Just a couple of hits uh, yielded by Pavetta in that one. Uh 
do you have a, a preference here in terms of either one? I realize that neither one's really going to be, you know, out there most likely in a lot of 12 team leagues, but just looking ahead, uh, do you like either one? Are you skeptical of both? No, you know, I, I think they're both exactly what they've shown us. I mean, they're both big strike. They're, they can be big strikeout guys. Uh, they can get into trouble with walks. I mean, I think they both are what they are at this point, and that's a very useful pitcher in really all sorts of leagues. Del, yes, definitely all the way down to 12 teamers. So uh, I really don't see any reason to change the way we felt about them and uh, definitely feeling good if you had them in your lineup yesterday. All right, Joe Ross uh, says, I'll do you one better. I'll go six and two-thirds and give you 11 strikeouts. And against the Dodgers, no less. Uh, three runs on seven hits, no walks for Joe Ross. It's been a strange season for him because it looked like he was really breaking out early on, hit kind of a lull, and then he's just been fantastic for the last month plus. Uh, his last six starts combined to 231 ERA with 44 strikeouts and 39 innings, only six walks. So not that issue that we have with Caprillion and uh, Pavetta. And yet, Ross, um, you're more likely to actually find him out there. So, so should you? Yes, I think you definitely should. These last six starts really uh, are impressive and like... In the fantasy world, you know, we're always dealing in small samples, but like we have to we have to consider what a small sample means and like within one season and we're just talking about confined in one season, six starts is not necessarily a small sample. And so if you're not chasing a guy after he puts together six straight starts like this, I don't know exactly what you're looking for on the waiver wire. I think you definitely want to go after Joe Russ. All right, couple more starters here. Kent Maeda looking much better. Uh, six innings, no runs on two hits and a walk, 10 strikeouts for him. A lot of strikeouts on Sunday. Uh, this against the Royals in KC. Uh, so uh, since his return, Maeda with a 4.50 ERA, but that was largely because of one poor start, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, 25 strikeouts in 20 innings, but also 10 walks. So four starts since coming back off the IL. Three of them very good. This one against the Royals, uh, and then also good starts in Texas and Seattle. One bad one at the White Sox. Seems like maybe there could be a pattern there in terms of matchups. Yeah, maybe, but uh, I feel pretty good about playing him against Detroit this week. And, uh, you know, it's good to see Kenta Maeda getting somewhere to back toward where he was a season ago. Okay, and Anthony Desclafani, uh, eight and two-thirds, so just coming shy of uh, his third complete game of the season. Two runs on six hits, a couple of walks, seven strikeouts at Arizona. Weird, weird splits for Desclafani. You would think maybe this uh, season for him has a lot to do with uh, no longer being a red and now being a giant and you know big upgrade in home park, but he's got a 424 ERA at Oracle Park on the road, 214 ERA with a very low BABIP, 212 and a 91.9% strand rate, which is sort of outrageous, actually. So what do you make of that very strange combination of splits? That the uh, home pitcher is more realistic than the road pitcher, and that I would be very concerned about DiSclefani in the second half of the season. I don't really think there's any other way to cut it. Yeah, unfortunately, I would have to agree with that. And a reliever to take note of, if you haven't already, uh, Colin McHugh with three absolutely dominant innings at Toronto. Uh, no runs allowed, just one hit, six strikeouts, no walks. Since the beginning of May, he's just dominated everybody. Uh, 25 and a third innings, 39 strikeouts, six walks, one run allowed. Uh, just incredible for McHugh. So is he the kind of reliever that kind of you know transcends uh, you know niche-type leagues where you would get a, a long reliever? Oh, yeah, definitely going after Colin McHugh. I've got him on uh, both of my teams, and I don't see any reason why you wouldn't want to go after him. This is a guy who can you can pair with another reliever and basically 
craft a starter out of with what he's giving you right now. All right, and just three uh, hitters to look at. Akil Badu keeps on hitting his 14th double of the season against the White Sox, his 13th stolen base, and he's been leading off lately. So uh, he is still out there incredibly, so uh, look for him. Brandon Nimmo coming back over the weekend, went 2 for 5 in the first game against the Yankees, 0 for 3 in the second, but a composite 5 for 14 over the weekend for Nimmo. And Ramon Urias... Really, I think, quietly uh, doing some nice work for the Orioles, two for three on Sunday with his fifth double of the season. In that lineup, now granted, uh, Cedric Mullins didn't start, but he had the highest OPS of any Oriole hitter in that lineup, 817 with a 280 average. Is he getting overlooked? Yeah, I would say he's getting a little bit overlooked. He's at least worth kicking the tires on with what we've seen from him in the uh, recent term here. I think that's definitely goes without saying even. All right. Well, uh, let's look ahead here to Monday. Lots of interesting streamers. We've got uh, with the Red Sox and Angels, Martin Perez and Jose Suarez. We've got Kobe Albert, excuse me, Kobe Allard in the first step of his two step. uh, This one against the Tigers. Uh, Zach Davies at home against the Phillies. Mike Miner at home against the Reds. Kwon Kyung Kim at San Francisco. Tyler McGill for the Mets uh, against the Brewers. Uh, Who looks good for streaming? Give me Colby Allard in a long shot here. By far, my favorite streamer of the day. Uh, just uh, He's been pitching well. This is a great matchup with Detroit. I think he's easily the best guy to go after. I actually think there's reason to be concerned about almost all the rest of the guys. I could see getting on board with Martin Perez. He'd probably be the second one who I would choose. But even though there's a lot of options, not a ton of options that are really jumping out at me, I think Allard, far and away the guy you want if you can have any of them. All right, and as I said at the outset of the show, a, a lot of high-profile players with some injury concerns. Corbin Burns with a sore knee. He is uh, at least uh, lined up to start against the Mets this Wednesday. Uh, do you go ahead and chance that? Yes, I do. All right. Uh, now, I'm just going <laughs> to rattle off a few here because they're all kind of similar situations. Uh, have missed a few games, have uh, injuries that seem to be a little bit more serious. Trey Turner with his finger injury. Jose Ramirez with uh, an elbow issue. Yasmani Grandal dealing with a calf injury. Yon Moncada missing the weekend with a sore hand. So Turner, Ramirez, Grandal, Moncada. Uh, anybody you're concerned enough about to actually sit them this week? Maybe uh, the first two. I would have to look at those. The White Sox, but they uh, Tony Larusa sounded pretty confident in both of them on Sunday. And with Yamonkata, even going back when it happened, they said he's going to miss the weekend. But we feel pretty good about him playing on Monday. So I feel decent about the White Sox. I would have to wait uh, down to the last minute for both Trey Turner and Jose Ramirez. All right. And then a few more uh, that are, I guess, not necessarily uh, better situations, but maybe less determined. Nelson Cruz uh, with a stiff neck. Josh Donaldson dealing with a hamstring issue. Jess Chisholm uh, tweaked his ankle over the weekend. Uh, He has been termed day to day. Buster Posey exiting Sunday night with a thumb contusion. He will be available off the bench. Uh, and then a couple of Astros, Kyle Tucker, uh, with a back issue and, uh, Michael Brantley dealing with a side injury. Yeah. Again, these are all, uh, very tough situations to look at, uh, because of the fact that you just don't want to sit these guys. And I would even rather have, you know, four days of Nelson Cruz or four days of Kyle Tucker than whoever I would put in place for them for six or seven days. So I lean toward playing them, especially the guys who we already know are available. Buster Posey, Kyle Tucker. I think that those are pretty easy guys to start. The rest of them, you take it down to the wire. I would be a little bit more wary on the Twins, both Nelson Cruz and Josh Donaldson, just because of previous injuries this season and because of uh, their age. Uh, Jess Chisholm might probably lean toward playing. 
All right, and one then one last question. Uh, we've got these two Astros outfielders questionable. Does is that uh, maybe a green light to give Chas McCormick Chas McCormick uh, a whirl this week? You you would have to believe that he's going to at least get a handful of starts. So I could definitely see him being in the mix because of that. All right. Well, sounds good. So uh, busy Monday here, but that's going to be it for this Fantasy Baseball in 15. And we would just ask that if you do have a chance to rate and review this podcast, uh, that you take a moment to do so. And we thank you for that. So for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melchior. We'll see you again here on Tuesday. 